This is Michigan Embedded Correspondent John Solberg, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before we nursed. So listen, Lebertius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. It is the Barbecue Central Show. The live fire fun and frivolity show happening every Tuesday live from 9 to 11. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snappy Snaps, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch, slash RD Rempy on YouTube for live videos. Still to come on this show, Robin Lindars from GrillGirl.com and Todd Smith from Smoking Buttheads to recap his win at the KCBS World Invitational. Very exciting. There will be a best of this coming Friday, episode 151 with Kathy Vu from Cambro. You love Cambro. Everybody wants Cambro. Cambro, so popular, it's become the Kleenex of... The uh, style of keeping something warm when you uh, hold slash rest your meat. Hey, as we were heading out of the first hour, I said that we were going to be talking with a youth that has currently suffered from the coronavirus without any further adieu. We race to the in-studio cameras and welcome in my middle daughter, Maddie Rempe. Hey, Maddie. Hello. How's your corona? It's gone now. Right. Well. I'm glad you could uh, make time to come in this evening and uh, talk about coronavirus. Uh, you know, it's a funny thing. We've heard about it since, you know, middle of March when everything shut down the first time and uh, people in very high positions are like, oh, don't go anywhere and cover everything. And blah, blah. and you hear about all these numbers of people getting infected and uh, people are dying and uh, people are having bad health issues. But did you ever think as we were going through the last, you know, number of months, especially now, you know, it's like seven months, eight months later, whatever the hell it is from when it first started. Do you think that after we get out this far, that the chances of you catching it were like slim to numb at this point? No, I that like, I thought I was going to get it at some point. All you, my friends. You had already committed to the fact thought. that you would get it. Yeah. Hmm. It was just a like matter either, of when. Like if it was at school or I got it from work or I got it from, I don't know, anywhere. I mean, I wasn't, it's not like I was going out and partying every weekend. Like I went to work and then the next day I had symptoms and that was it. Do you have any idea where you caught it? Do we want to, uh, do we want to name somebody? No. Do we, we just want to make we, up a name and call somebody out? It was probably some freshman from Wycliffe. Oh, yes? Yep. A boy or a girl? It was a boy. We'll call him Todd. F you, Todd. Yep. All right, so uh, how did you notice? Like, when did you think you had it? 
because you, I mean, you haven't been sick, um, you know, otherwise. Yeah. So I, I wasn't overly concerned. I mean, you go to work and you're wearing masks, but, uh, you know, we have to hope that people coming in are doing their part and that you're being Get rid of that cat. Um, He's okay. That uh, everybody's trying to be as uh, sanitary and clean as possible. So uh, when did you think that this might be a situation? Um, I think it was probably two Mondays ago now. Um, I was having cold symptoms that started on Sunday, but I just thought it was a cold. But then when I came home in between classes to eat lunch and I couldn't taste my food, that is when I got a little bit worried mm-hmm. and I told mom to schedule me a test because I'm, I didn't want to go to the elementary school and get the kids sick. Because you knew that, that was a symptom. loss of taste was a symptom. Yes. Yeah. That's like the main teller of mm. it. So you went right to mom and said, hey, no taste. Let's do a test. And then how quickly were you tested then? Was it like next day? It was the next day. Right. And then we got my results less than 24 hours later. And I was positive. So when you get the news that you're positive, like what runs through your mind? Do you go to like worst case scenario? Are you sad? Or like what's running through your mind at, at 17 years old? Um, I wasn't really worried because I had heard from my doctor and my friend's doctor that in teenagers it isn't as serious as it is in people who are older than me. And at the like at that point it just sent it seemed like a cold, so I wasn't really worried about it. But then my friends found out they had it. She cried for three days. So they cried for three days because they had it. Yeah. Because they were afraid that the, the end was, was near, or, or what was their reason for crying um, for three days? She cried for three days because she ended up giving it to her boyfriend, and she couldn't get her mom sick, and she oh couldn't get her boyfriend's mom sick. Because oh. there were other you know, like things going on that they needed to be available for? Yes. Oh, all right. Without going into too much detail. So she was feeling bad, like she's sick. Yeah, and she felt bad. Like guilty. But I knew... Like, when I found out, I knew that I wasn't with anyone, like, that day or the day before, because Sunday through Wednesday, when I found out, I was at home. Like, I stayed home from school, because I knew that it, I had a feeling it could have been, but we thought it was a cold, then it wasn't a cold. So, through through the isolation process, did you ever get bad like what was your symptomatically how how bad did it get for you a stuffy nose that was it and i couldn't smell or taste right but i can smell now kind of you're out of isolation yeah i'm out of isolation have been since last week um and i can smell sort of a little bit but i cannot taste still that's annoying right it's very annoying do you know when your taste might come back um no it can take a while, like up to a couple months, but it could be permanently damaged. That's also a side effect. Uh, are you worried about that? A little bit, because I don't like not tasting my food. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I sit at the table and I say, this is boring and I hate eating. So, that's what I that's what I do. Has this affected your budding modeling career at all? I mean, I missed one voting. But, oh my gosh, I missed one photo shoot. Was that the, uh, the cover of, of Vogue? <laughs> International vote. Yep. Yes. That was it. Um, do you take this seriously? 
you've you've had it now and your symptoms weren't bad like you weren't suffering i mean there have been kids your age that have suffered uh they've had like really bad permanent damage lungs and brain stuff some have died yeah um do you think that because you didn't have really bad symptoms that eh, it's not that bad and you know no big deal i could get it again and brush it off too or i mean is it a serious thing for you no i i think it's serious I mean, I've always thought it was serious. I mean, we were on lockdown for like a month and a half when it started. You and mom were like, don't go anywhere. So we didn't, didn't get it. And then school started within like, I don't even know how long I was in school for. Maybe like a month, a little bit over a month. And then the whole school, a bunch of people have it now. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that my case wasn't serious by any means, but that doesn't mean that like, if you get it, you're going to be the same way that I was and anyone else is going to be exactly the same. So, um, I think people should stop being dumb and saying it's not real because I had it and clearly it's real if it's been around for this long. So like wear your mask and stop ordering from takeout places. We don't want to work. What are you talking about? We don't want to work. That's the thing. Then all because the businesses will in. go out of business. Well, then you're going to keep spreading it because you can, if you come into my work and you're asymptomatic, but you touch my pen or you're not wearing a mask because we get customers that come in and they don't wear a mask and they say, it's my right, my body, my choice. Well, okay. You have 17 people yelling at you to put a mask on or else we're not giving you your food. So just put your mask on. We'll give you your food. Like, just stop ordering food. Hmm. You don't need pizza. You don't need it. You're just talking about stop ordering from Giuseppe's and Wick. Yes. Right? Specific. Willowick. Yeah. Please stop ordering. Giuseppe's and Willowick. Don't order there. Stop it right now. Order anywhere else. Please support <laughs> No, support all stop the other businesses. Ordering. Right. In general. Yes. Right. You don't need takeout. Everyone should know how to cook at home. Why is when we go into a global pandemic and we go on a statewide lockdown, but no, don't worry. You can still go out and get your food. Do you not know how to cook? I do. I learned. I know you know how I learned how to cook when I was in quarantine. Yeah. Because I watched Sam a lot. Sam who? Sam the cooking guy. Favorite. And I watched Joshua Weissman a lot. He's good. I like him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Get him on the show. Uh, anything else you would like to say to the general public, uh, quarantine related, uh, or COVID related? I mean, I'm just happy that it never got any worse than, you know, cold symptoms. Yeah. Um, if you are having symptoms, go get tested and don't be like ashamed that you have it. Just tell anyone that you were with that you have it. So then they don't spread it to other people and they don't get it. So we can finally like stop and go back to normal life because I'm getting bored. Right. I heard that. We don't want you to get bored. We have things to do and you yeah. have people to see and places to go, people covers to, see. to grace, all that stuff. Cities to go eat at. Yeah. That's right. Where are we going to go? Like first city, where are we going? Chicago. Chicago. RPM Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. All right. Well, there's Maddie giving her harrowing tale of coronavirus 2020 she barely made it bar- barely made it but here she is prettier than ever thank goodness and uh, ready to rock and roll but 
not like in the literal sense. She'll just, you know, take it easy and it'd be cool. So Maddie, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, anywhere where we should be following you on the socials, uh, you know, for the, the kooks and pervs? No, thanks. No? Okay, good job. <laughs> I taught you well. All right, thanks, Maddie. There You're she goes. Welcome. That's Maddie right there talking about her uh, battle with coronavirus. Robin Lindars is in the green room, ready to comment on that, I'm sure. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. That's right. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Two different choices. A choice line and a prime line. Also a prime plus. Choice is the original. So if you're somebody that isn't like all up into the tech situation, you don't want internal meat probes, you just want a solid cooking device. Jim Bowie, Daniel Boone. You know, bigger one is Jim Bowie. Choices for you. Now, you want to spend a couple hundred extra bucks, you want a couple internal meat probes, you want Wi-Fi capability to use on your app. You want some peek-in windows on the main cooking chamber and the pellet hopper. More of a robust build to the chassis. Prime line. Something you're going to want to feature. Plus, Prime Plus. It's got lamps and lights inside the cooking chamber for crying out loud. Great as that. That's a couple extra bucks over the Prime extra over the choice. Incremental value builds, if you will. Now, the good news. Regardless of choice or Prime, both the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone accommodate the pizza oven insert. It promises to be damn near 50 degrees this coming weekend, so I will be making pizza on my Daniel Boone Prime. Can't wait. Uh, You can check out Green Mountain Grills at the website greenmountaingrills.com. They sell through dealers, so find the dealer closest to you. If they're open, go check them out. Talk to the dealer network. They will educate you, and you'll be off and running with a great Green Mountain Grill, and success will be at hand. They also sell pellets, rubs, spices, and other accessories. Like the aforementioned pellet uh, pizza oven insert. GreenMountainGrills.com, and we're back with Robin Lindars from GrillGirl.com right after this. Stick around. Monthly visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. This portion brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Two different sizes to choose from currently. PitBarrelCooker.com and tell them the show sent you. Mention me specifically. It is the third Tuesday of the month, and that brings the visit from the creator of BrillGirl.com, Robin Lindars. Hey, Rob. Hi. You got a, uh, a whole new back drop situation going it's very uh, professional looking i think well it's you know it's my office it's kind of a shit show here but i'm trying to uh i think i need like a background like yours you know it just so you can hide the clutter yeah you got the uh <laughs> the new york skyline behind me i'm uh, you've caught me traveling to new york where i have been found out oh dear uh but uh yeah right here in new york city the the home base of the barbecue central show 
That's right. You're home away from home. Yes, my home away from home. Uh, I love the Big Apple. That's where I was. Well, I wasn't originally born in New York City, but upstate New York is where I originally came from and then eventually pilgrimized down here to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City. Made it all the way out west here to Cleveland. Uh, Out west, as they said when I was leaving Saratoga. Oh, moving out west, huh? There's tornadoes out there. Uh, Robin, we have uh, Turkey that is going to be a big deal coming up in just a little over a week. And, you know, let me talk to you about this first before we get into spatchcocking and uh, pickle juice brining and all these other uh, nonsensical items. Do you think that we, we miss the boat on turkey otherwise? I mean, it's it's well eaten on the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. And, and maybe people repeat again in Christmas. But outside of a nice barbecue restaurant, I mean, if you're really not into that or you don't have access to a really good barbecue restaurant, I think, you know, by and large, we're missing out on turkey. Do you think we are? I think so. I don't know anybody that's eating it around me otherwise. I don't know anybody that said, man, had a really great turkey last weekend. I know. I, you know, you see these big turkey legs on like Instagram feeds or maybe at when people used to have medieval festivals. Sam, but, Sam um, the cooking yeah, guy I, just made four really huge uh, turkey legs. He got them from uh, Kevin Green over at the butcher shop in Pensacola. Uh, he evidently has the market cornered on big ass turkey legs. But yeah, I mean, short of a theme park. Uh, you know, that's a place where you can get them. But yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's big picture shots time for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's the goal of the Turkey National Turkey Federation is just to just get people thinking about Turkey more often. I actually developed some recipes for them for Thanksgiving. Um, you know, well, the spatchcock turkey, which I already, I've been doing that for a long time, but, you know, I think that's just, you have to kind of think outside of just the holidays, it is pretty economical and it'll feed a lot of people. I just personally, I'm just, I never get excited about Turkey. Like, Oh my God, I can't wait to have Turkey other than like Thanksgiving, you know? Um, but I'm really a dark meat person. So if I, when I eat Turkey, I want to like gnaw on the leg and the thighs, you know? So I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't wait for a Turkey breast or whatever. But I've just gotten to where I really only like dark meat, anything like meat with lots of fat and the dark meat. You, so that's why think, I'm all about brining for turkey. Do you think over think the years, about- uh, over these last couple of years that, uh, you know, people like you and me and some of my expert panel that is on regularly have extolled the virtues and benefits of dark meat and it has become more widely accepted and perhaps even sought over uh, over the the traditional breast, which I think kind of sucks. Totally. Like, I think the past 10 years, I think people, when they thought grilling, they just thought like super lean proteins, the, the white meats, if you will. I know when I first started grilling, that was like, you know, um, back in the day, that was like the first thing I really grilled on my own was like chicken breasts. And like, how boring is that? You know? Um, but you know, I think when I first started really learning about all the other stuff was when I was doing, uh, really got a little bit on the competition barbecue and you see everyone doing chicken thighs, you know, and then you're like, Oh my God, like, what have I been missing my whole life? You know? And I think with, with social now you just get exposed to so many more things you know especially if you're a foodie and you just are exploratory 
Meanwhile, I think like your average mother-in-law, or at least I know mine, like shies away from things like chicken thighs, like, oh God, dark meat, you know, but she also eats her steak well done. So there you go. Yeah. Time to get a new mother-in-law, I think. (laughs) Well, other than that, she's really awesome, but you know. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and do a little turkey talk. Uh, Do you have a preferred size that you have found works best i think there is a kind of a a, a uh, an ethereal thought that you know a 27 pound turkey that takes up all of the space of the oven and you pull it out it's majestic and uh, you know all of those things but uh you know in the end it probably doesn't make a really good product um you know where's your key size for a turkey I'm really all about a smaller turkey. Um, I've done them all different sizes. Uh, for example, last year, I just didn't get my act together and didn't order my turkey early enough. So I got like a 23 pounder. Wow. And for spatchcocking, it was pretty, that was a big ass turkey. And I remember like trying to cut the buck backbone out. And I was like, oh, Jesus, like I needed to enlist help just to like stand on it and you know, kind of smush it down to get it to lay flat and, and cut the backbone out. So, and, you know, just from the sake of handling it on the grill and, and how quickly it cooks and, and, you know, cooking more evenly, I just like the smaller ones. I think they're more manageable. And, you know, I guess with the way things are going this Thanksgiving, smaller is probably going to be where it's sure, at anyway. Right, right. But I also think, you know, I'd rather do two small turkeys than one big turkey. You know, just from the way it's more manageable in the grill and especially um, spatchcocking because, you know, spatchcocking, when you spread it out, it does take up more space, you know, because you're kind of versus look, I'm, I'm like animating the, the turkey position here on the computer. Um, but I would I would say, you know, I just did a 12 pound one and that was like the perfect size mm. um, for me, you know, and. Everybody still is going to get the kind they want if somebody wants the white versus the dark. But I think I think where it's at is smaller is where it's at. Uh, what about brining? I know you're going to be talking about pickle juice brining, per se. Uh, there's a recipe that you have working that you want to unveil here this evening, or perhaps it's one that you've been working on for years and we're just talking about it for the first time. But I think there, you know, there's widely this debate of you have to brine your turkey in order to get the proper best end results or you have to inject into the breast in order to get flavor and moistness of course a lot of the turkeys that are widely available butterball and honeysuckle what have you are already jacked Uh, they have a x percent solution or perhaps the key term you want to look for is self-basting that also means enhanced so there's a uh, if you're going to brine and you have something that is already enhanced uh, or injected with this solution, uh, there could be an issue where you have a, a now overly salty turkey because you're infusing more of that uh, salt in it from your brine. So how do you guard against that? And and what's your pickle juice brine recipe? So I think that's a, that's a good question. What you brought up, and this is something that I kind of uh, battled with a while back because I had taken a cooking class with uh, this fresh French trained chef um, who was like, you don't need to brine. It already comes in its own saltwater solution, like you said, but I still don't think that's the same as, as brining and giving it that overnight moisture bath. And so I say, regardless of where you get your Turkey, 
Um, even if it's a butterball versus fresh, you know, no, no saltwater solution, you know, wasn't pre-frozen, all that good stuff. I think brining is just that extra step makes a huge difference in the moisture retention and the flavor of turkey. So it's like, if this is the one time of year you're going to eat turkey, like make this the best stinking turkey you can make yeah. and, and make it more moist and just let it hang out in, in a brine over overnight, you know, um, and let it do, let it do its thing. And so, um, I have a very like basic, simple, like orange rosemary, uh, turkey brine recipe on my website. But the other thing that I've started doing lately is just pickle juice uh, for everything, like pickle juice, brined chicken and pork chops and chicken wings. And, you know, not everyone loves pickle juice, but the, the beauty of it is, is it doesn't really taste like pickles. It just retains some of that underlying um, moisture and saltiness that just takes it to the next level. So, you know, for me, I always have a bunch of pickles around the house anyway, and I just save the jars and they hang out in my, my backup fridge in the, in the garage. And, um, but you know, you can also buy like a gallon jug of pickles at the grocery store and use the brine from that, you know, so, and then you'll have pickles, you'll have enough pickles for the rest of the year and you can throw it in the food processor and, and, uh, have relish for the rest of the year. Or, um, I actually have a recipe for this on my website too. You can make fried pickles. I make faux fried pickles or fake fried pickles. You can make the real fried pickles, but I make them in the toaster oven and also now my air fryer. Um, you know, as you discovered, uh, last, our last, uh, episode, Greg, I was born in Mississippi. So, uh, one of my food first food memories is fried pickles. So I've been perfecting that recipe for a while. So, but I am a big fan of the pickle juice brine. And if, if you like, um, Chick-fil-A, I actually got this idea through them because they, that's what they brine their chicken in. And that's why it's so freaking good. Really? So yeah. Yeah. Um, which is pretty awesome. So, um, I'm all about the pickle juice brine this, this year. And so that recipe will be up on the site momentarily. It's, uh, I'm editing a video that goes with it. And I, so my recipe is you can either make your own pickle brine or you can use like store-bought pickle brine juice is pickle juice basically soak it in that overnight. And then I make a, a barbecue compound butter. So take your favorite, you know, all purpose barbecue rub or make your own, which is not that hard and use like three tablespoons of that and two sticks of butter and just moisturize the heck out of your, your Turkey with that butter. And the, the key thing is, that you really need to get that butter underneath the skin uh -huh. and like just get that butter stuck into little pockets under the skin so that it's especially the breast which is going to be the part that that dries out the the most quickly um and just give it that that butter bath and just butter everywhere right so the combination of of the the pickle juice brine and then the barbecue butter um and then you know sprinkle it after that with a little more barbecue rub and then, you know, spatchcock it, of course, to so remove the backbone, have the butcher do that for you. And it's going to cook so much more evenly, but you also get that really kick-ass crispy skin, which I think is like the best part. And, um, and then smoke it or grill it your call. Uh, smoking, I think is going to impart more smoke flavor. So between the pickle brine juice, the barbecue butter, 
and the smoke, you've got just a kick-ass winning combo. And and that's that's what I'm doing on my my turkey this year. Will you flip if you're doing it on the grill like indirect? Will you flip at some point in order to, you know, uh, kick the skin uh, cooking up a little bit more or no? So the last turkey I did, I just did straight grill on my Weber kettle and I did um, essentially a reverse sear. I mean, I just, I, you know, smoke roasted it and then on indirect and then finished it on direct to get that charred up crispy skin. Um, and then the last, the, the next one I did, I smoked yep. and it gets really browned and nice that way as well. And so I think what you can do if you're smoking it is, you know, depending on whatever grill you're using this one, I used my pellet smoker cause it's easy for smoking. Um, but depending on what, you know, whatever you're using, get the heat up or, you know, put it on direct and a crisp the skin up at the end, but don't do it till the end. Um, cause you know, the, also the more you handle the Turkey, this isn't a chicken. It's just bigger. So it's, um, you guys may have seen me cursing on one of my Instagram stories like about a month and a half ago because I, I flipped my turkey over and this was the one I was doing, um, making a video for the turkey board with and the leg fell off. And then I was like, fuck, now I've messed up my pictures, you know, like I got to redo this turkey to get the right pictures. So there is there is the um, opportunity, the more you manhandle it, that you're going to, um, you know, that you, you might lose a leg or um, also just, you know, there's a fine line between getting those beautiful char marks that we all want and then also um, mangling the skin a little bit. Mm. So I would just say, yes, you know, flip it over at the end to get those char marks, but, but just be careful because it is delicate. And, you know, when you just smoke and you're not trying so hard to, to uh to crisp it at the end you're not having as much surface area and so you're less likely to kind of screw up the skin or get it you know tear it if you will and now i'm sounding like a a super crazy anal person but you know after you've spent time on your your bird and you know this is your thanksgiving moment you want to be like oh you know everyone take your picture (laughs) so the um the fact of the matter is just be careful if you're going to go in for that crispy skin and um you know just have your your a game and and focus and have your gloves and your tongs and you know depending on how you do it actually if you're on like a weber kettle and let's just say you're going from indirect to direct um and i hadn't even thought about this until someone on instagram pointed out to me like duh you can just take the um grill grates and slide them over you don't actually have to flip the bird so I'm always bad at missing those details of like things that are super obvious. <laughs> so, uh, duh. But um, of course, not all grill grates do that either. So if you use like a different grill every day, you know, um, but so that's a good tip. Depending on the kind of grill you're using, that's an option. What about sides? Are you a pretty, um, uh, whatever the term that I can't figure out is right now? Uh, I couldn't think of Sam Jones when I was talking to uh, Rodney Scott. Yeah. Uh, are you more traditional when it comes to that? Jeez, oh, Pete. Good night. You know, I actually think I'm kind of atypical because I I think some people are very like, I need to have these three dishes for Thanksgiving. And you know, like, for example, my dad, if we don't have pecan pie, because, you know, we're Southern and like, if you don't have pecan pie, it's like a travesty. Like, oh, that's WTF, you know? Um, but, you know, I married... Scott, who is from New York and well, not New, excuse me, New Jersey. Um, 
dirt. We were just talking about New York, so it must have just slipped out. But um, so like his food traditions are different, you know. So uh, like there are things I always grew up eating that you know for them it's not like a big deal, you know. So like um, when you know like my family my mom always makes like broccoli salad, you know, which is like the kind of broccoli salad that you always see in Southern living, you know, and every Southern woman has some kind of variation of broccoli salad. But for me, like I'm kind of a non-traditionalist and and sometimes use it as an excuse to maybe try new things. So what you'll see on my website um, actually momentarily will be published. I've just got my photos finished is um, I have some, some actually some recipes from my cookbook I'll be publishing that are like traditional, but non-traditional. So I have a um, smoked cauliflower mac and cheese. So, you know, Mm. cauliflower, you know, alternatives have been kind of, I'd say growing in the past couple of years. And so, um, yeah, it's just a great way to kind of switch it up. I've also got a um, smoked, um, Brussels sprout bacon and pecan slaw or salad, if nice. you will. So, so I'm kind of, you know, atypical, but I like to push the envelope. I mean, one year we did a fully paleo Thanksgiving and my dad came and he was like, I don't know about this, Robin, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but I also think it's an opportunity to, you know, especially if you like to cook to kind of spread your wings a little bit. Um, like one year we did a tasting menu. This was actually Scott had been laid off and he had a lot of extra time on his hands. And so we literally did like a seven course dinner, you know, very small plates, but with a wine pairing, which was really fun. And of course we were all really shit faced at the end. We had a great time and we tried some new dishes, Uh, you know, so, so I say like, have fun with it and, and create your own new traditions. Like I actually have this salad that my sister-in-law loves it's like a roasted beet goat cheese orange salad that's very kind of fall but bright flavors you know not as heavy as some of the traditional sides for thanksgiving so so we always kind of mix it up brussels sprouts we do but like a very um kind of sweet maple syrup balsamic you know type of cast iron uh brussels sprout right um, so all that stuff is going to be on your website here momentarily. Before we go, Robin, do you want to do a quick lightning round? Sure. All right. Same questions. I heard that the I... options you gave Robin, though. I'm feeling like it's shitty option versus an equally shitty yes, option. Yes, that's right. We call it <laughs> would you rather. Same questions that I asked Rodney. Would you rather blow up 100 balloons or like 500 envelopes? <sighs> Let's not For some think reason, too hard. The envelopes, sound, the envelopes sound like better to me, even though I feel like I get cancer licking all those envelopes, <laughs> like just all the yuckiness on them. But anyway, yeah, let's go with envelopes. All right, envelopes. Uh, would you rather be covered in bees or covered in spiders? Oh, geez. Are they poisonous spiders? Robin, let's not <laughs> overthink it. It's a lightning <laughs> round for crying out loud. <laughs> I'll go with bees. All right, bees it is. Bees for five hundred. Rodney said bees as well. He said if he uh, stayed really calm, maybe they wouldn't sting him. Would you rather spend a yep. night in a dumpster or spend a night in the porta potty? I'm feeling the porta potty too. Just maybe Rodney and I are like twins. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, would you rather be handcuffed to the most annoying person you know for twenty four hours? Or go camping with someone who likes you, but you don't like back. 
Camping. All right. So Rodney starts it. Yeah. Would you rather give up sex for a year or your cell phone for a year? That's a hard one, Greg. No, no, it's not. I know all the guys are like, I could not give up sex. Right. I I give up my phone. Like, uh, here's here's my phone. (laughs) Get out of here. No way. Okay. What's your answer? Um, I guess I'd give up my phone. You guess you would give up your phone or you would give up your phone? I'd give up my phone. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I got I to gotta admit, I'm a little surprised, but that's right. Uh, go to grillgirl.com and get the recipes for this coming Thanksgiving. Quickly arriving, by the way, much like 2020 is rapidly coming to a close. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. If you're not following Robin at grillgirlrobin on the Instagram where 26.3 thousand followers are as of 5 o'clock today. Then you should do that, and mm-hmm. you can see her on the third Tuesday of every month right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Robin, have a great Thanksgiving, and we will see you in December. You too, Greg. I hope you guys have just an awesome time together, and I uh, I appreciate you. All and right. everyone, I'm coming out with a gift guide in like like within the next week, and it's going to have some fun stuff in it, so right. check it out. We'll I talk do about it every that. year. We'll do that next month. Robin, thank you as always. There she is, Robin from GrillGirl.com. All right, uh, at some point, Todd Smith from Smoking Buttheads will be in. Talking about his big win this past weekend. Uh, in the meantime, I will regale you with a read from the Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. Owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Great premium Central Texas barbecue products to choose from. Slow smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, and manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside can be on your menu as well. All meats processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. A trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options are available, shipping nationwide via the FedEx. You can also get them through food service distribution like Cisco, U.S. Food, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable. Research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new from scratch. Also, private label opportunities are available. That's the easiest. Visit southsidemarket.com for more information or to purchase. And while you're doing that, you can save 10% each and every time if you use promo code BBQ Central. That's B-B-Q-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, promo code BBQCENTRAL for 10% off your orders at Southside. Mark Todd Smith is in the green room, and we are coming back to talk to him about being a grand champion this past week. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, welcome back. This portion is being brought to you by Smithfield. Now, you might have an hour and a half if you put on a barbecue competition. They were taking... 
applications for the Smithfield Grant Program until the 16th. That's tonight. Wait. Sorry. Watch is off. That was yesterday. So instead, go to smokingwithsmithfield.com and see if that Committed Cooks program is still happening. You can also go to smithfield.com and see all the good pork that they are offering used by such luminaries as Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Childs Cridlin. That's smithfield.com. Helping me close it out tonight is the KCBS World Invitational Grand Champ of the World and Therefore Universe coming from the great state of South Carolina, and he's ready to recap the weekend. And we'll talk about some other barbecue-related items as well. Race the Hotline, and welcome first-timer to the show, pitmaster of smoking buttheads, Todd Smith, joining me here. Hey, Todd. How are you doing today, Greg? I am fabulous. Appreciate you making time, Todd, and looking forward to talking with you here through the next few minutes. Uh, before we get into it, I mean, this has been a South Carolina-based show for the majority of, you know, we're holding Robin aside, no offense to her, of course, but I'm sure she's been through Carolina a number of times, South Carolina. Um, what What is uh, South Carolina's barbecue history in your estimation? Where does it rank? I think there's a lot of huge, great cooks in South Carolina that just never get the recognition uh, that they deserve. So I, I think there's a lot there. There's a lot of uh, history uh, like Rodney spoke about before, the, the mustard vinegar base. Um, yeah, a, very, a lot of variations from really close regions in South Carolina that you're going to get different flavors and different sauces. But it's, it's, it's a huge there, – there's a lot of great cooks in South Carolina that never, ever really get recognized. Todd Smith joining me here on the show, and we're going to talk about the big win this past weekend. So uh, as you were loading in and the things started to unfold – uh, over this KCBS World Invitational. Uh, was there anything out of the ordinary through the course of the cook that you had to contend with that you didn't expect? You mean unravel? Um, <laughs> or <definitely>. unravel, yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, on Sunday, on Monday, we sent our guy up to our supplier to pick up our pork butts and ran it back to us. And so we headed out Monday. They were all frozen. So we got there Thursday to start trimming meats, and uh, every one of them was rotten. Every one of them. You're kidding. So we were in support. No, every one of them, all eight of them. So, because we even bought extra ones just to make sure we have plenty we could go through. So, so I said, well, I opened one and it was just bad. And I said, well, maybe I can still salvage four out of these. So we went ahead and loaded in on Friday morning and got up there, opened every one of them, and they were all just bad. Can I ask you uh, a question one second, Todd? You know, for the folks that are, you know, just getting into barbecue, uh, not even competition folks, but. Can you put a descriptor on rotten? Like, is it something where you cut open the cryovac and it's a punch in the face? Is it discolored? Like, what does it mean? Because I think, you know, there is that uh, cryovac smell that can be confused as something that's bad if you're not familiar with it. There's a difference between blooming, letting the meat air out after it's been cryovac, and smacking you in the face. And this smacked you in the face. All right. So it was like, how quick can we get out of the trailer? So it was that bad. And uh, so we had some next door neighbor. You're at What's the happening? contest, right? Yeah, we're there. We're 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 out in Atlanta, <laughs> Kansas, and Wal- closest Walmart's 20 miles away. And oh, yeah, yeah. you know, so yeah, you're in bad shape. So our next door neighbor, fortunately, I don't know how, happened to have four extra butts. He said, "Here, you can have these." So we just took those, used them, and and fortunately was able to get a 180 with them. So it was uh, it, it was I kind of felt bad, but I didn't feel bad, you know. So. <laughs> 
Are you, you know, I, I would like to think that if I was a competitor and we were posted up next to each other and, and you came over and said, or, or I came over and said, hey, I, you know, I heard your pork socks and, and, and you're in the need. Instead of making you drive, you know, 20 minutes one way, 20 minutes back or whatever it's going to be, uh, and then add shopping time on top of that. I have extra bucks. Here you go. Uh, I want to say I would do that. But then the competitor in me would say, well, this is one out of the almost 100 teams that are here that I can immediately ace out of the competition and better my chances to win. Do you think that I am in well the far minority of shitheads like that and that, you know, 92 out of the 94 teams would give you pork butts? Uh, I would say probably one of the 94. But, I mean, you just don't know. I, I mean, you know, you know, Donnie's a great friend of ours. Fortunately, he was there. Fortunately, he had him to give it to us. Because yeah. he's probably, anybody else would probably be like, you know what? You're screwed. You're on your own, buddy. You know? So, I mean, I, I but but yet then again, another side of me says, it is such a great, you know, camaraderie between all these cooks that everybody's there to help everybody. So, it's, I've never been in that situation before. I was fortunate to have our next door neighbor just help us out. So I wasn't beating doors down to find out what that percentage would be, but uh, it, it, it was not a good start. You know, there were damn near a hundred teams that showed up this past weekend. Do you think under a normal environment from a health standpoint that there would have been way more than a hundred teams? Or do you think regardless, this would probably be where the number is? I think there was originally, I think it was 130. So I think 30 backed out. So yeah, and I and I and I think that if that contest would have been two weeks later, it would have never happened because of the spike in the COVID and stuff like that. So I think we were real fortunate to get it in. Uh, what was the the general temperature of teams out there? You know, I've talked with folks that do that competition stake thing, and I've seen video of uh, you know things that kind of make my head spin. Uh, and, and I guess you know it's up to everybody's you know personal feeling on what the pandemic is like and what they're willing to, to risk or, or tolerate. Uh, but when I talk to people about the competition barbecue, they say, hey, you know, inevitably we've become socially distant cooks anyway, and we've been doing it for years. We have campers and toy haulers, and we're just away. The closest we're to anybody is like within that 15-minute turn-in window, you know, or whatever the hell it is. So uh, what was the the feeling that you were getting from other teams uh, as far as the environment and the, and the setting you were in? I think that it's already originally set up in a very good situation to where, like you said, that socially distancing is already in place. And then people just take it another step. And, and I think everybody respects that. And I think they respect the other, the other people involved. So yeah, we were never, you know, interacting with anybody. We were, people were more interacting in the casino than they were during the competition. So uh, this so I think the, everybody really paid attention to it. Todd Smith from Smoking Buttheads joining me here on the show. Smokingbuttheads.com is the website, and they do have a restaurant. We'll talk about that here in just a second. This is the second year for this event. Uh, thoughts on how this one ran, and do you have suggestions if you were asked on like future events to continue to tweak and, and make more team and uh, potentially public-friendly? It's hard to say because of the conditions they were under. I think that they did an outstanding job with the situation they did. And I I was really impressed that they pulled it off, that they got it out and got it done. Uh, So, I mean, to to criticize it or to offer any 
additional things they could do. It's really hard to say because you don't know what they pulled back and stopped from doing mm-hmm. because of what they were up against. So, But I thought they did an absolutely wonderful job. The end of the competition season, uh, it was a couple weeks ago, um, Brad and uh, uh, Joe and um, uh, Chris Schaefer kind of battled it out right there until the, the very last contest, and uh, Brad ultimately prevails. But it's the first time, uh, I think, ever that the competition season has ended so soon in the year. Uh, you know, not soon technically, but soon sooner than it ever has. Uh do you like these new mini chases that are rolling out? Uh, one that just started a handful of weeks ago um, and trying to encourage perhaps uh, the folks that aren't going to be putting in that marathon bid for team of the year. And, you know, really when you look at it, five, six, maybe seven teams are, are going to put in that marathon. But do you think that this encourages other folks to come out and potentially win something, whether it be an overall five or a categorical overall five? I think it does. I think it's, you know, it's kind of like a NASCAR chase now series. And, uh, and I think it's a great, I, I'm glad they implemented it. I think, yeah, I think it'll, it'll actually bring a lot of more people out that can't travel the thousands of miles every weekend and compete. And, uh, there's a lot of us that cannot do that. Uh, so, and there's some that can, so yeah, I think it's a great idea. So. How did your, uh, turn-ins go this past weekend? You had mentioned the, the great score in pork, but how did the rest of them? I mean, everything was spot on. I mean, we just had a, you know, just one of those days you have a great cook and we had a great cook and there was nothing really to complain about. Um, chicken was perfect. The ribs was perfect. I mean, everything was great. We won every one of our tables except for brisket. And uh, we felt like our brisket was a little salty, but other than that, we were real happy with it. So, so, um, so you, you kind of get that feeling when everything just kind of falls into place. It, 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 it's, then you got to have some luck on the tables, no doubt about it. When you hear the team name called as overall grand, like where does the win stack up? I know you've won some pretty big ones in your career, but where does this one stack up amongst the rest? No doubt it's the largest one. There's, I mean, and we won a huge one here like two months ago down in uh, Augusta, Banjo Q. You had you know 60 teams down there, and you had all your teams from Kansas City, Oklahoma, Texas, all came out there chasing the points. Because, I mean, it was a $40,000 pot down there, too. So everybody was after the money. Those are the two biggest uh, contests this year with prize money was the Banjo Q and uh, the World Invitational. So we were fortunate enough to win both of them. And uh, we got three 180s down in Augusta, which didn't hurt. Wow. I mean, so you're uh, you're stacking it up when it counts, uh, kind of as they say, the big game hunter, uh, if, if you will. What Somebody if, said you always got to win the big one. Yeah. Plus, the, the payday probably doesn't hurt either, right? I mean, uh, competition barbecue is not cheap from what I understand. You, you do not make money doing competition <laughs> barbecue. Uh, would, would you rather win money or have bragging rights if 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 you were given it, your choice? It's totally about the prestigious. Uh, it's all about the bragging rights. Yeah, hundred percent. If it's about money, you're you're going the wrong tree. Do you have a potential twenty twenty one competition schedule mapping out at this point, or is it just too early to tell? I know we're going to Lakeland, Florida, you know, and then we're just going to kind of see what happens with the COVID deal. So, I mean, hopefully this thing will turn around and the competitions will get back open and there's more, you know, more options for you to choose from. Uh, Todd, I had mentioned in the open that you have a restaurant, but I'm wondering, did the restaurant come first and then you get introduced to competition barbecue or were you a competitor first and then the restaurant was born out of that? Competition came, I mean, the uh, restaurant came out of our competition. Uh, a lot of people here locally loved our food, pushed me into it, and uh, either told me I'd hate them or love them. So I still haven't got to that point yet. So 
but uh, you know, we're glad we did it. It's a, uh, it's, it, it's a struggle because, you know, we opened up and we've only been there two years. And of course, one year has been fully uh, with COVID. So, and it's a, you know, it's a full service. We have, you know, 130 seats, full bar, or else like that. And mm-hmm. so we spent half our year today serving food off the curb. Unfortunately, we do do barbecue. Barbecue has been a real blessing in, in, this COVID situation atmosphere. So in fact, our sales have gone up over COVID because of, um, you know, the sales that have gone out the door. Uh, it's all to go. Every bit of it, 68%. Have you been somebody that's had to thin out the, the staff per se to, in order to run the lean mean and, uh, you know, whatever profitable ship, mm-hmm. or have you been able to retain? We're hiring every day. Really? That's our biggest problem. We can't find employees. <laughs> we won't, you know, our biggest, yeah, we won't, we won't lose to COVID. We'll lose to lack of employees. Uh, is so, it just people don't want to work or what's the, the, the that, lack of hiring? People, uh, they just don't want to work. So, you know, when they got the $600 and stuff like that, so that really hurt us a lot. Yeah. I think it hurt a lot of people. And uh, so, yeah, so it's it, it's our everyday struggle is getting uh, employees. How much different is your competition barbecue than what I would find at the Smoke and Buttheads restaurant? I would say it's pretty close. We really, really put a lot of effort into making it as close as we can. It's practical, feasible, and reasonable uh, for all people involved, for us, cost-wise, and for the public. Uh, we cook all of our all of our ribs and brisket and everything else. It's all done on cans. We wrap it. I mean, it's 100% competition style. And uh, we put our pork butts. We cook them on uh, old hickories. So I would say it's probably 80, 85%. We... We do money muscles. We do the whole nine yards at our restaurant. Do you pull back at all on the flavor profiles? Uh, one of the uh, resounding refrains that I would hear is, you couldn't eat a plate of my competition-style barbecue. Or is it the fact that people have seen it on TV and that they've heard about it, so now they want to taste it and they're open to it? We don't inject, and we keep the seasoning a lot more simple. Uh, so, no, I, I feel like you know it's we, we do pull back. Uh, cause you're right. It's one bite barbecue. And, but, uh, but, but I, I think our ribs, I mean, we just, we sell, you know, tons of ribs, you know, uh, competition style brisket, you know, we sell out every day. So it's, um, uh, you know, but, but our, our brisket in our restaurant, I prefer over our, uh, competition brisket hundred percent. So does competition continue to help grow the restaurant? Uh, I know it was you know, kind of born out of it that way. But uh, do you reach a certain point where even that your success on the circuit isn't necessarily then going to translate over into the restaurant scene at some point? I feel like it 100% translates over into the restaurant. And I think that, and that's why we do it. And I always had a lot of respect for these these teams out there like Brad and stuff that have restaurants and Joe that, you know, continue to go out and compete. And, and I think it is a huge infusion to the restaurant i mean you know we were on the the news last night stuff like that so it has to help you know so all right title this is an unsolicited comment from a penny sage that says you stop at every bite and sigh and fall in love with the flavor (laughs) just wow so i mean you got a a fan right there and speaking very well um we have great fans uh, anything from a thanksgiving standpoint either from the restaurant or you know whatever you guys do personally we uh we'll do turkeys. Uh, we're sold out already on turkeys, and uh, so we uh, we brine them, we inject them, uh, and we slow smoke them, and we have them ready to be picked up on Thursday. So 
we're probably the only people in town that do that. Everybody else just throws them in the cooler, tells you to come pick them up. But we uh, we take a lot of time with it, and that's why we kind of reduce the amount that we'll sell. Uh, but, yeah, they were sold out the first week we went on sale with them. So, uh, Do you use frozen birds to start, or are you a fresh bird purveyor? We, we do uh, frozen birds, yeah. and uh, that we thaw them out. But we do brine them for 24 hours, and we do inject them, and then uh, – and that's it. Are you using Robin's pickle juice brine recipe? <laughs> I am not. I am not. You know, and, and I heard about that. And so we, we tried some wings one time at the restaurant with pickle. And I'd say what, they were terrible. Really? So I'm sure it was our fault. I'm sure it was our fault. But they were terrible. We threw them all away. Like, never again. You ever heard of a pickleback shot? You know what that is? Yep. You ever yep. done it? Nope. Hmm. Well, I have to tell you. Uh, I'm not a drinker anymore, but uh, it, somebody had explained to me what it was. I was horrified by the notion. And uh, one day I was a, a few in, so my inhibitions were dropped. And I did a shot of pickle juice and then a shot of that whiskey right in back of it. And uh, Wait, uh, whiskey first and then the, the pickle yeah, yeah, juice behind it. And I had to tell you, for as weird as it sounds, it is absolutely delicious. So if you happen to run across those two again and you're in the mood, I would say at least uh, give it the old college try. I love pickle juice. I mean, we, we go through you know, 10 gallons of pickles a week, so we have plenty of pickle juice. There's no doubt about it. So, All right, uh, Todd, before I let you go, can I uh, be the last offering of a lightning round with you? Sure. All right, so I'm going to ask you the same questions that I asked Rodney and Robin. So just the, the first answer, this is... The would you rather lightning round. So would you rather blow up 100 balloons or lick 500 envelopes? Lick 500 envelopes. All right. So did Robin. Would you rather be covered in bees or covered in spiders? Bees. Bees. Yes. Three for three. Would you rather be handcuffed to the most annoying person you know for 24 hours or go camping with someone who likes you? But you don't like back. Go camping. All right. Uh, spend the night in a dumpster or a porta potty? Dumpster. All right. First one of the dumpster, by the way. <laughs> and the last one. I have a feeling I know this. Would you rather give up sex for a year or your cell phone for a year? Dang. Cell phone, I guess. Yeah. Yep, cell phone. <laughs> Yeah, you're damn right. Uh, it took Robin like five minutes. She was capitulating back and forth. I couldn't believe it took that long, but that phone must be very important. Uh, well, when you get old, your uh, priorities change. But anyway, so. No doubt. Uh, Todd Smith joining us here on the show. He is the now reigning KCBS world champ uh, at the Invitational SmokingButtheads.com is the website and uh, the restaurant with the same name. Todd, great meeting you this evening and getting that recap over the weekend. Continued success at the restaurant, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. You got it. Have a great Thanksgiving. And that is Todd Smith right there making a great first appearance. All right. We got one more read, and away we will go. I don't know why I keep hitting that. You want to see me. Lance Owen with the pickleback shot. Gross. What are you talking about? Worst shot I ever had. Maybe you did them in the wrong uh, the wrong form. It's uh, whiskey first and then pickle juice second. Hey, since 1983, Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. 
In that time, Pits and Spits establishing itself as one of the premier brands in high-quality offset smokers and more recently pellet cookers. They set themselves apart by using heavy 7- and 10-gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit, and a 304 stainless roll-top lid and front shelf on every single smoker. Why does it matter? By using higher-quality materials, Pits and Spits smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. By providing fully welded smoker, you don't worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel. You don't worry about the grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 stainless, you're getting an heirloom quality product that you can pass down to your kids. Now, while some companies are focusing on low cost, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to manufacture these products? Sure. But they don't like tack welds and cheap stainless and electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of their design and standards. Not something you're going to find in products brought in from overseas. Their steel suppliers supply materials to be used in some of the harshest environments. So you know they're going to perform wherever you're at. And their controllers are made right here in the States, so they're able to have unimpeded transparency into their program. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one close to you, call Koi at the shop. 844-650-6250. That's 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team smoking 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits is a product for you. You can check them out at the website pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or you can see their pits in the wild across social media with their handle at Pits and Spits. We're back to wrap the show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey. Hey, don't forget to sign up for the uh, bbqnewsletter.com, the smoke sheet. Barbecue tourist and BBQ NYC, Sean Ludwig and Ryan out there doing it up. BBQnewsletter.com, sign up. Do it now. It's free. It's a great weekly way to keep up on all things barbecue and grilling related outside of this show. Where is... There was a... Comment that I wanted to play. Oh, here it is from Dino Dan. And this goes back to like the first uh, or the second one. Did he, he, the announcer, say Mountain Rushmore? And the answer is yes, he did say Mountain Rushmore. In fact, I can help you by replaying it. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Yeah. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central show. Here's what you need to know, Dino Dan. When you are working with, and this is exactly what happened, when you are working with the elite voiceover personnel in the industry, and David Lee is the voice of Westwood One, and Dial Global, and he's the voice of professional bull riding and super motocross. 
He's the voice of Clear Channel Nation, uh, National. He's one of the biggest voices. Uh, it's this guy. You're listening to the Listen number to one voices. most downloaded barbecue and grilling. Yeah. Listen to the voices. David, very nice. He's got the voice, right? Of course. So here's what you need to know. If you're going to partner with one of the premier voiceover talents in the country, this would probably go for uh, 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 Bob Oakwood or Oakman or whatever the hell his name is or any other premier voice guy. The bottom line is this. They will read whatever is on the paper. They read whatever is on the paper. If you accidentally on the copy write mountain instead of mount or MT Rushmore, I, for some reason, spelled out Mountain Rushmore, or maybe it was autocorrected. I don't remember exactly. And the first time I heard it, the first time I heard him say Mountain Rushmore, Howard Stern, I'm listening. I'm like, Jim hey, Rowe, cool. Dan Patrick and Greg. Sounds Ray. good. The Mountain Rushmore. What did he just say? Mountain Ru- There's no way I said that. Rushmore of talk show entertainment. You run that back. The Mountain Rushmore of. T- so I went through the Googles, pulled out my email, looked at the copy, Mountain Rushmore. These guys are paid to speak what you write. He says, he calls me a homoerotic host. Do you know why? Because I wrote homoerotic host, and he reads it. So if you accidentally put Mountain Rushmore, Mountain Rushmore. on your copy... He will read it. He gets paid to read. Mountain Rushmore. Boom. That was stupid. Here's the next one. Blah, blah, blah. Boom. Here's the next one. He's a professional voice reader. He reads what you put in front of him. Rampy, the Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. That's where you get now, Mountain let's Rushmore. Get back to Just the like barbecue. unbelievable. <laughs> Dave, why did you do that? That's what you wrote. So I read it just like you wrote it. Well, of course you did. That's why I'm paying you to read what I wrote, to speak what I wrote. That's why that happened, Dino Dan. So let that be a lesson to all you kiddos out there that are getting your fledgling podcasts out there. When you want to be more professional, you want to add a little read, or you want to add a little ID, you partner with big names like David Lee from davidleeimaging.com and you will write down the copy and he will read it and you better check it 10 times because when you send it to him he will voice whatever you wrote whatever you wrote and you end up with Mountain Rushmore which I think at this point has a certain general de quoi right Oh, we're going to get out of here all the way back in the first hour. Rodney Scott joined me at 14 and 35 past. Talked about the Chef's Table show and got a little bit more detail. Some of the follow-up items that I had in that regard. We also talked about the basics, the real basics of whole hog cooking and mop sauces and vinegar sauce and why he uses that spoon that you see in that video. All great stuff. A classic, instant classic, as they say on the show second hour, Robin Lindars talked about all things turkey, her pickle juice brine recipe. 
some of our other recipes for Thanksgiving now hitting the website, grillgirl.com, like literally as we speak. And closing it out was Todd Smith from Smoking Buttheads winning the KCBS World Invitational that took place this past weekend. He also has Smoking Buttheads Restaurant, so check them out. As Penny Sage says, you will stop at every bite and sigh and fall into the flavor world. Just wow. Ringing endorsement. Good job, Penny. A big show planned for you next week. Leading into Thanksgiving. Embedded correspondents are in. Derek Riches is in, amongst others. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.